roof like exploding into the room and like singing in falsetto and making up just crazy ideas and songs and he, he really was just brought so much joy to our family and the reading I, I listened to it this morning um, you said that he took the family structure and turned it upside down and he absolutely did. What you're about to hear is an unscripted session with a psychic medium. Fleur had no contact with the participants prior to this meeting. They were screened by me, Elizabeth, one of the producers of the podcast, in order to preserve the integrity of the psychic reading. Absolutely no information was given to Fleur before their psychic session. This is Moving Beyond the Podcast. My name is Fleur. And I am an intuition teacher, a psychic medium, and host of this podcast, Moving Beyond. Here, you have the opportunity to be a fly on my wall and listen in on an intimate reading in which I connect someone to their loved ones on the other side. You will hear stories of grief and tremendous loss, but you will also hear stories of loving connection and witness beautiful transformations. Thank you for listening with an open heart. I truly believe that we heal in community, and you're here. You are an important part of this one. Hello, good morning. Hi. Hi. Hey, how are you guys? Good. We're good. Yeah. Good. A little nervous, maybe. Yeah. A little nervous, yeah. Yeah, that's normal. Um, well, it's nice to meet both of you. And thank you for for being here. So, um, first of all, I want to make sure I'm pronouncing your names right. So, Hadassah, is that right? Mm -hmm. That's correct. And then Constance, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. Okay. Perfect. Um, Have either of you guys ever had a reading before? Any experience? No. No. Neither of us. Okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, in the beginning, it will sound like facts. You know, I'm seeing this, I feel this, I hear this, I know this. And as we go along, you'll just give me a yes or a no. So either yes, it's factual or no, it's not. Um, in the beginning, it might be easier for one of you to be spokesperson, so to speak. That way you're not thinking like, oh, who's going to answer? So you can choose right now if you want to or... I can answer. Okay, cool. Um, and then, of course, if there's anything that's being directed towards you, Constance, I'll just say it directly. Sounds good. And then you can, yeah, then you can answer me um, yourself. Is there anything either of you don't want to know, don't want to hear about, don't want to discuss today? I don't think so. I think we're pretty open to hear everything. So you'll have some time for questions at the end as well. So anything that comes up, anything that um, we discuss, if you have follow-up questions for it, there will be some time. Let's get started here. I'm just going to go quiet for a moment and switch my attention and see who we've got and where we've got to go. Um, I got a strong impression here. There's a man who steps behind me. And often when somebody stands directly behind me like this, the experience is of someone who passes of suicide. So do you understand that? Yes. And as he stands here behind me, I know we're going to be working with him a lot. He feels chatty in life and (laughs) also now. So he will be having a lot to say I know. Um, but I know that he's also joined what feels to be your mother's father so your grandfather but on your maternal yes. side who's also passed do you see this is mother's father yes the the man who comes in who's connected uh to to passing suddenly to 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 passing abruptly he comes in on your generational levels, do you see this? Because he yes. steps in between the two of you. He makes me feel that both of you in life are actually quite protective of him. And I would say it's not because of an age thing. 
And I'm wanting to say that you all grow up together. There's a very much this experience of we we grow up together, we grow older together. When I see this, and I, w- I want to say this would be a brother or someone very similar to this. Do you understand that? Like a, a brother figure as he comes in. Do you see that? Yes. When I speak about him, I can't just talk about the three of you, though. So I do need to bring in one more who would have grown up alongside you as well. Do you understand that? Yes. So like I, when I talk about siblings or the, the, the people that I grow up with, it's not just the three. Do you see? Yes. Now, while there's that other sibling that you grow up with, um, do you see actually your mom to have five pregnancies? Yes. And do you see that when your brother who's in spirit now comes forward, the one we've been discussing, that at the time of his birth, there were some complications? Um, no. He was born in in the, he came out in the water sack. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, that's the, it's, it, it was, my, my mom said it was something that was pretty odd. It, it doesn't happen very often with births. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, he makes me feel there was something odd about his birth was the feeling I was getting. So I thought shoot, he was talking about complications, but he made me feel like there's something at the time of his birth that felt different, you know. Um and as I'm kind of getting into a groove here with him, I feel quite hyperactive at times in my life or often, I think, but there's real hyperactivity around me. Do you see this? Yes. <laughs> And I feel like there's almost at times like a manicness where it's like, talk, 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 like real, like, you know, so many ideas, so many thoughts, like have to get them out. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, and so I keep slowing him down and, and, and he certainly uh, feels like in life, he just has idea after idea after idea. I just feel like I have so many ideas. Yes. And this wanting to share them and express them. I feel like I want to be a performer in life, but it's not just one craft. I feel like I can do a little bit of everything. Does that make sense? Yes. But I love performing and I want to stand actually, it's a funny thing to say, but I want to stand like on a busy street corner and perform for people. (laughs) And there's this feeling of like wanting to put a hat out, you know, (laughs) and I I don't know if he did this, but this is the feeling I get. Like, I just want to, I want to entertain. I want to, I want to bring that all these ideas and all this different way of entertaining to people. Do you see this? It's kind of an odd thing. (laughs) Did he actually do that? No, but that's just like him as a person. Like he'd just do weird things like that. He just entertained the room wherever he was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I feel you must have initially, your parents must have initially been very strict and rigid people coming into the world at first, is my feeling. And then I feel that part of what he brings into the situation is we have to just loosen it up. Like, we can't, we can't stay rigid. Like, it's not possible with this, with this addition to the family. Yeah. He demands that people become a little bit more... And I'm not saying they're rigid people, but it feels like he takes he takes the family structure and pushes all the boundaries. Yes. He sees that now looking back was quite difficult, I think, for um, the family in ways. But I feel that he also very, very, very often brings much, much joy as well. So it's definitely equal. Um, I don't feel that he is an addict or that's not the main struggle is this feeling. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Um, earlier we talked about his passing and he does make me feel that for me, it doesn't feel like it was a first attempt or it doesn't feel like it's the first time. Do you understand this? Yes. He also knows that there's years of his life where the family lives in a state of active suicide prevention. It feels like we're really aware that this is 
highly possible or highly likely. And I feel that we're all in a state of intense prevention. Do, do you see this? Yes. And I feel it's really, really important for him to acknowledge for you. It couldn't have been changed, couldn't have been prevented, couldn't have been altered. That feels really, really important. I also feel that your parents are incredibly and resiliently continue to be connected to him in his lifetime. And there's also a feeling of often bringing him back home, even into adulthood, but there's the feeling of bringing him back home or being in and around him or trying to get him to, there's this feeling of like trying to get him to come home. Do you see this? Yes. I feel your parents keep a very open door that he's very grateful for that he wants to acknowledge. Like, I don't feel in his life that there was ever a complete cut from resources or help or like, it feels like the door's always open is what he shows me here. Do you understand that? Yes. And he's, he's incredibly, incredibly grateful for this. Very important that he lets you know he's well, he's good, he's okay. And I do also feel not only am I mentally in a state of confusion at the time of my passing. Okay. Where, where I think there would have been indication of or mental illness present first. He did suffer from mental illness. Yes. I feel really smart with him. He feels very well read. There's the sense of like lots of facts and figures and information floating around my head. Do you see this? Like yes. super, must have been great at trivia. Yes, very smart. Yeah, I just feel like really, really, really smart. Almost too smart in terms of being quite bored in school and <laughs> the sense of just like, yeah, let's get on with it because I already know. You know, yes. I already, I already figured it out. I feel that he must also have been quite talented in that regard with um, kind of technological, but abstract thinking where I see him putting, it's like I see code and there's this feeling of being able to code or being able to understand technology in that way, in a very abstract way. Do you see this? Yes. And feeling like he can get lost in that world for long periods of time and long stretches of time. Uh, where I feel sun goes down, some sun comes up, and I feel like I'm behind a computer and I'm just in my head. Yes. And makes me feel that those periods of time while maybe others would have looked at it and thought this looks quite problematic were quite enjoyable for him very enjoyable periods of time for him and when he focuses it's quite an intense focus and I know that he is diagnosed with mental illness but I think in the family you would often also see perhaps that he doesn't fit into our normal brain circuitry but in ways there's a brilliance there that other people don't have i would i would say that, that like there's parts of how his brain works that actually really work for him you know the, the ability to create things that we we would not be able to feels yep. incredibly present with him i would also say while erratic sometimes there's a deep ability for him to bond with people and yes. there's a great empathy that he has. So he's not someone who's cold or shut off emotionally or detached. I see like a great empathy and a really big heart. Would he also bite his fingernails? Do you see this? Um, I can kind of see him doing that. Like picking at them or like he just keeps showing me his fingernails are quite short. I feel like I do I remember his that. Fingernails being short. Yeah. Yeah, it's a random thing. All of a sudden, I kind of looked on at his hands. I was like, oh, they feel like being picked at. Um, Constance, do you see around you at the moment there's been the desire to bring a child in, to bring a child into the world? Do you see this? Yes. Because he shows me that he's working alongside it with you, wanting you to know that the child is coming, but needs you to have a little bit more patience so which 
is not easy, but there's the sense of we're working on it. Do you know we're working on yes. it? We're working on it. <laughs> He's very excited. Any child that comes in feels very clear to me that he will meet them before you meet them, so to speak. So not to worry, he'll always have had a connection and continue to. As I look at that a little bit more and as I ask him about it, I, I feel that you're going to be a fantastic mom. And <clears throat> it feels like your body requires a little bit more safety in terms of it wants to know that where you're living, you're going to be living for some time. So there's this thing where you're not sure if that's where you're staying residentially. Do you understand that? Yes. And you're not sure where you're living residentially. Do you understand? Yes. Yeah. This feeling of your body really wants to know where it's living. That's my feeling. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Do you see this? Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 a flight attendant, yeah, so I'm all over the place and I've I've been worried okay. <laughs> I've been worried that my body is very confused and doesn't really know if it can like like that's exactly it. Like can I trust can I am I can I start building a human? Like I, you're all over the place. Yeah. You can, you can, but really rooting yourself down even on an energetic level is is okay, you know? Because it's almost like your body just wants to know where you are in time and space. But so I think you're you're correct in this. Yeah. But I think it it doesn't necessarily have to set, be you stop being a flight attendant, not at all. Because they're like, no, 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 it's possible. She just has to take a deep breath and like land wherever she is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to worry, not to worry. Baby's coming. But deep breath, land where you're at ground wherever you get there and then uh Adasa, as i bring my attention to you here he makes me feel that you often shared his artistic pursuits or like there's a sense of you're an artist yourself you create yourself do you understand this uh, yes um i think you've got many ways in which you show your artistry but i also want to put a I don't think it's the primary way, but I want to put a camera in your hands. And there's this feeling of having also documented his life and documented the family in really beautiful artistic ways, not just like, let me snap it on an iPhone. Do you understand that? Yes. That feels really special because the way that you saw him and see him is very much expressed through these photographs. And it's really beautiful. And he wants to say, thank you for capturing his spirit. That, that's what I see here in these photographs. And does need you to know that you're an artist through and through. Um, it actually, it feels so important that I say this to you and that I push you forward through with, with him at the helm because he doesn't want you to stop. He doesn't want you to consider that maybe this isn't the path for you. It feels really important that you keep going. Okay. Uh, do you see, um, Hadassah, that one of the things that really grounds you would be process of, of baking? Yes. <laughs> because, because he's telling me when you're stuck, you need to bake. <laughs> okay. Okay. It grounds you and it calms you down and he is able to become very present for you when you're baking because oh. your mind is very open and receptive and very grounded. Okay. <laughs> obviously we talk about the baking, but I, I want to particularly bring up also cupcakes. So just keep putting <laughs> cupcakes all around you. <laughs> your sister's laughing. There's another man that stands here to his right uh, who comes in very fatherly to him, actually. Very, um, very paternal, very supportive. Um, I don't feel it to be biological father that doesn't resonate for me because your your dad's here in the world. See that? Yes. This is very random, but somebody must have had parakeets at one point because 
they're also showing me that they've got parakeets with them. I keep seeing little songbirds. Huh. And they're Probably connected also to Probably my mom about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, I guess I didn't really want to ask a question about regret <clears throat> or anything like that. And you already, you know, discussed that a little bit. Um, I, I more wanted to ask, like, if he's happier now where mm-hmm. he is. Yeah, like, it does feel happy. And I do feel like there's great struggle in his life with maintaining a sense of stability. So it's up, down, up, down, up, down. And that has gone, that sense of continual struggle in this way. And I do feel real relief from that. So that there's feel real feeling of peace in and around that from the struggle of the mind. Good. Yeah. I think Coco, you had a question. I guess me and Dassey had both thought about um, just asking if there are any ways that he kind of communicates with us in everyday life. My immediate thought actually goes to electricity and I keep seeing lights. And I feel like you've already experienced that or you've like seen it and witnessed it and been like, oh, that's weird. Do you you see this? Yes. He's actually quite good at manipulating electricity. So I feel it's not just the lights, but things beginning to play or things being turned on. Like I, I really feel this has already happened for you guys. Do you see this? Yes. Other questions for him? I think um, Coco and I were both curious. This is kind of a very specific question. Um, He had a tattoo on his right wrist. Mm. And he explained the meaning to us. And he got it, I think, maybe like a year or two years before he passed. And um, he explained the significance of the tattoo, but we... Nobody can remember what it meant. Nobody can remember. And yet we all went out and got the same tattoo. (laughs) 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 That's funny. I love that. (laughs) Okay, let's see. For some reason, that doesn't surprise me with the energy that I've got, because I feel when the significance is explained, it was probably very elaborate. Um, it was like it was lots of different head. touch points. Yeah. yeah. And everyone's like, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, because just as I, as I sit here with them, I feel it's quite existential. And does it have a, <clears throat> quite a circular feel? Yes. Do you see this? Like I've got circles or like, it feels like a, it, it almost feels like a never ending circle is what I keep feeling about it. Does that make sense? Yes this feeling of no beginning no end it feels like it's again these big ideas around time being not linear in a way um but there's this the sensation of everything continuing on that's what i'm getting but he likes that people have gotten it and it feels meaningful very meaningful to him and i feel he would have created it himself certainly yes um He's quite artistic too, so. Um, I mean, that's what we knew a little bit about it, but every time that he like explained it, it was just in a very like <laughs> abstract way where you're trying to get at the one sentence of what does this mean? You know, like when somebody describes her tattoo, it usually is it's like one <laughs> contained sentence. in one yeah. sentence. And with him, it was just, there was nothing that was ever like contained in one sentence. It was like, and it yeah. goes here and it goes there and <laughs> everywhere else. And this is kind of what I feel when I look at it. Like I can't get in one sentence either, but for me, it feels, it feels like this never ending understanding of things never end. Things don't, it, this is, but it feels very uh, abstract. Yeah. I feel for him, it's not even particularly important that you fully can verbalize the meaning. I don't think it's about that for him. I think it's more about the, 
the awareness of the meaning beyond, I don't know, physical words or something. <laughs> like that's, that's the sense of it, you know? Yeah. All right. Any, any last questions we have for him? Um, I mean, I guess last final question is just sort of an open question. If there's, um, anything, cause I know this has been with like me and my sister, if there's yeah. something specific he wants to say to, I don't know, somebody else. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. I think he's, I mean, he's brought it up, like he's so connected to, to family. I think so he's brought it up a few times, just the various people in your, in your family and wanting to express to them that he's also around them. Um, it does feel like there is a romantic partner of his in the world that was very off and on. Um, so I don't feel that they were actually together at the time of his passing, but it feels very rocky. Do you understand that? Yes. Because it feels like a very rocky relationship, like off, on, off, on, off, on. I know between and them, I don't... they were on and off. But yeah, in regards to like us looking guys? in on the relationship, we were a little bit more like, you know, hands off, whatever. Got it. Yeah, you want that's to fine. Yeah. It feels to me like they weren't on at the time of his passing, but had known each other, it looks like for a few years time, or it's really off and on. And it's like quite a long, enduring constant in his life even though it wasn't constant and so there's deep love for her and there's a deep desire also to let her know that the love was very real and still exists and this feels important it was almost one of those relationships where the expectation is well they'll probably get back together anyways yeah you know so it wasn't really separated wasn't really over um and just wanting to express love there as well. feels very important. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you both so much. Thanks for Thank sharing you. it with me. That was amazing. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank you. You're so welcome. Yeah. You're so welcome. I so appreciate it. You're welcome. It was really nice. You're welcome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing them. Yeah. Thank you. Take care, guys. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Do you feel like you're stumbling around a little bit on your spiritual journey? Well, one thing that can help you find purpose and direction is knowing your archetype. Archetype are universal patterns of purpose and behavior that once you discover yours are really going to help you find your place in the world and your purpose in the world. I've created a very fun, very quick quiz to help you find yours, and you can find it in the show notes or at mediumfleurfleur.com. Finding your archetype will help you find direction, and we've even offered you some resources to find that next steady step on your spiritual journey. Go online today and find your archetype and your direction on your spiritual path. Before we get back to our show, I want to tell you about our Patreon. Patreon is an amazing way to help support the show, but also it's going to give you a sneak peek into something we've never offered before. You can find pictures, videos, little memorabilia between the client, the person that I'm connecting with, and their loved one on the other side. These photos are often the ones that I get after sessions, but I'm wanting to share them with you because I see them as a love letter and just a beautiful way of honoring those who have passed. If you are at all curious, if you want to see them, if you want to honor them too, please check out our Patreon. You can find the link in the show notes and you can help support the show. Thank you for being here and enjoy the rest of today's podcast. Hi, um, it's been a while since we've connected. Yeah, yeah, it has. It's it's um, something that I had to recently listen to again and get back focused and on everything. It's extremely emotional, no matter how many times I listen to it. I think mostly because I really feel like you captured the essence of who he was as a person. Like I couldn't have described him better if I was telling a friend, let me tell you about my brother. 
like I couldn't have described him better in his life and just like the, the essence of who he was. So when I listen, every time I listen to it, I, I, it, I do feel like it's a connection to him and obviously still a very emotional experience. Like Coco said, um, everything was just captured like in his essence. And um, in that way, it's like, I don't, growing up with him, he was just very um, expressive, very empathetic, very just fun. <laughs> um person and I don't know it's like I really looked up to him in every single way and he was just sort of that guiding light in my life um he was just somebody who was extremely creative where it's like from the get-go from like a young age he would just like you know go over to somebody's house at like 10 or 11 he went over to somebody's house and he like took apart their computer and he wasn't like being bad or anything. He was just like, I want to know how this works. Um, yeah. And they were like, what are you doing with the computer? Like, why are you taking it apart? And he's like, I just wanted to see like the inner workings of it. And, um, and then he wanted to put it back together. And um, he was always starting projects and like, starting design companies at like 13 and 14 and then making his own short films it was like such an honor just to watch that because i don't know anybody else i've never met anybody else that is like him and i know like a lot of times in grief people i think tend to glorify like the person that they lost like there's nobody like this person, but I really mean that. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I've never met anybody who had that type of mind before. Yeah. And it's like, I don't think I'll ever meet somebody and be that closely connected to that mind in this physical world. You know, I don't know about you, Coco. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. I think our whole family was always just kind of in awe and wonder of him like what is he gonna come up with next what is he gonna do next because he was the one always like exploding into the room and like singing in falsetto and making up just crazy ideas and songs and he he really was just brought so much joy to our family and the reading i i listened to this morning um you said that he took the family structure and turned it upside down and he absolutely did um it was so much fun growing up with him and I've never met anybody else like him. And people, you know, would always say like, Oh my gosh, your brother, like he's incredible. They would be like, Oh, he's my favorite chase. And I'm like, understandable. <laughs> um, when I say like you captured the essence of him, you absolutely did because you didn't even mention that he was a musician, musician, filmmaker, so many things, but that's more like superficial. Um, it's really that he was just an entertainer and he just wanted to like, make people happy and laugh and yeah beautiful yeah well i i enjoyed meeting him for that exact reason i sometimes joke with people like lead an interesting life because if i have to talk to you later i want to have like an interesting engagement right and he's totally the definition of that this wonderful person that i got to connect with so i i too felt really honor to get to to get to know him because it felt very much like that this dynamic uh super intense in a way but also really magical energy so I love hearing it back because that's certainly how it felt to me as well and I do uh remember from the reading that his passing was was sudden and tragic yeah so um I think it was about 10 years ago that he uh, started showing signs of schizophrenia and then was officially diagnosed um, and then later uh, re-diagnosed with schizoaffective disorder. Mm -hmm. um, so he, from that point, it's like he really struggled for about seven years before um, dying by suicide. Uh, and, you know, we watched him at that point just 
taking a lot of different medications and different types of therapies and all these things that just didn't work or they were just so incredibly expensive. Um, and we walked, you know, through that journey of seeing those psychotic breaks. And I think it's, it's one of the hardest things to witness somebody go through because it must be so hard for them as well to not know what's real and what, and not real. I feel must be extremely hard. Um, but I think it's also really hard to watch from the sidelines, especially when someone has an illness that we don't know how to treat or how to take care of. There's still so much unknown there. Yeah, it was very like numbing for him, I think is how he described it. He just felt numb. He felt I guess with with things like schizophrenia, you don't you don't really or just mental illness in general, you don't know what where does your personality end and where does the illness begin necessarily sometimes. So that was that was a really a really tough thing, the decision over medication, whatnot. He was always going, going, going with thoughts and ideas and I want to do this and I want to do that. And then the minute that he got on medication, it was just like a walking zombie. Mm. And that is just so depressing to see somebody so like big all of a sudden become a shell. Um, So it's, it's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. it's, It's very, very tough. And I always want to just emphasize, and I think it came up in the reading too, when you cross, from my experience and my understanding, uh, none of that continues on with you. There is really a release of that battle. I've just never seen anyone carry it with them. So I also want to just empathize and emphasize that if it wasn't emphasized enough in the reading. Yeah. You know, yeah. In in what ways do you guys feel him around you in in your day-to-day life. Uh, Coco and I were talking about that recently. Um, We just went on a trip together and we were discussing like when we think about him. um, And a lot of times it's when we're doing something that we just know he would love or Mm -hmm. he would enjoy. Or a lot of times, like I feel like in nature or when we see a concert, I often I'll pause and just kind of like invite him in in that moment Mm. that's Um, beautiful but I love that the invitation is is a beautiful way to do that it's it's so simple and so often people forget about it so I really love that you've just said that because it is that simple yeah and it's you know it's not like I didn't have a euphoric moment Um, but for me, I try to implement kind of in my every my day to day life, just kindness. You know, you said in the reading, he even being such an intelligent person and um, just so well read and and on just like a very different level than most people, he was so kind and so had such a big heart and was so empathetic. Just an example of how empathetic he actually was um he found somebody or somebody was stealing his stuff from his car (laughs) um but just long story short instead of trying to get the guy arrested or yelling at him he took him out to dinner because (laughs) he could put himself in other people's situation and be like oh wow he he must really be struggling if he's having to do this so, I mean, with my job being being a flight attendant, it's, it feels very superficial at times. It feels very robotic. However, I, I do have opportunities to help people. I, I think about my brother on a daily basis and how much he really cared for other people. And it helps me to mm-hmm. continually balance and center myself because it's not, it's not easy. You're, I mean, you become very desensitized sometimes when you work in these customer service jobs. That's really beautiful. Um, and I think it's, it is that simple. It's the awareness of their energy pattern. You know, the moment that you have that moment of going, okay, I'm going to be him for a moment. I'm going to, I'm going to bring in his kind of kindness. Everyone's got a vibrational pattern. And so it gets you that much closer to 
his vibration because it is where he exists. So I think that's really, really beautiful. Sometimes when people say they can't feel their loved ones, that is one of the steps that I encourage is not to look for them where they're not, you know, but to remember what they loved, to remember their essence, because that's the vibration that's going to get you the closest. Uh, and so I think that's really beautiful that you're doing that. Did you guys walk away from the reading with any questions, um, any spiritual topics that you would want answered or at least get my two cents on? Um, I think for me, I was kind of curious what the spiritual world looks like to you. Um, and maybe like how that affects your own spirituality as a medium. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, it's much more feeling based than it is seeing. I do see little glimpses of things, but it's not um as visual for me at least so for me it's very much uh, akin to maybe having a daydream so I never get confused with what's reality and what's not reality you know in terms of what's in this physical plane versus what's not it it doesn't look like that to me uh, however the feeling of it is more and more something that I realize is very close to our own existence so when I start into a reading space, I'll be very aware of what I feel like. And that awareness state will either be very far from them and I'll be very rooted in my physicality or I'll be much nearer. And that is a really simple practice. It's, it feels to me like I slow down and that allows that shift to happen. It's like the world kind of slows down. I become much more aware that there's this feeling of something else. But my own spiritual practice has really been influenced by that by realizing it's not far away, right? So we tend to think of, okay, we're here and then we pass and we go somewhere else and that feels very distant. But when I'm doing my readings over these last 10 years, 12 years, I'm just realizing more and more and more how close we really are. It's such a slight shift of awareness. It would be perhaps the same as you walk by a tree, you don't notice it, or you walk by a tree and you take a look at it and you're like, oh my gosh, this tree has millions of leaves and the leaves are so intricate. And there's this slowing down of time almost in that moment where you're like, this tree is magic. Like, wait, hold on. How, how do trees even exist? Do you know? It's, it's that feeling of that moment that I think we've all had where all of a sudden anything that looked normal 10 minutes ago now looks like foreign and magic and amazing um you can look at anything and be like you know glass jar wait hold on like how how is glass even made it's made with fire like this is confusing you know what I mean it's just like this magicness but it slows me down and it feels like that to me in the spiritual world for me my spiritual practice is that invitation throughout the day um the slight slowing down the slight state of wonder the knowledge that it's not so far and if I pay attention to it I'm that much closer and it doesn't feel so far away um, and seeing if I can move that into my daily practice um, to where the, I'm, I'm living that versus I'm doing, you know, one 15 minute meditation a day. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Yeah. Darcy asked the question I was going to ask, so perfect. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, perfect. Look at you guys all synced up. No, we didn't I even plan that. Uh, we didn't even plan it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, any other questions that come to mind while we're here together? Um, I'm curious if there's some things that it's like the future is sort of set in stone in a way. or um, It comes to like a larger philosophical question of like, I guess, free will, which we don't have to get into. Yeah. It's a big question, but um, but I'm, I'm just yeah. curious, like what you might sense that balances between future knowing Free will and, and destiny yeah 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 well that's so when a large I was writing, question but no it, it is and when I was writing the book I wrote it was the chapter that took me the longest so there were chapters that I wrote in a month and a half and there was this one chapter on free will that took me like six months to write and then eventually I split it into two chapters one being 
okay, we create our world and our future. And then the second chapter was like, so we create it, but that was the simple answer. And the more evolved answer is that on the surface, 99% of it you get to create, but then there's that 1% that you don't, so to speak. So I really see it as there's a core you that comes in with a purpose, a theme, and it doesn't talk in specifics, but every once in a while it rises up in your life. And I call it that spirit core call to action where there's that moment of like, I have to do this. And then there's a whole lot of a, a lot of us really energetically that can create. But the thing is that we're creatures of habit. So we tend to create on automatic pilot. Um, we have repetitive energy cycles based off of how we see the world and our belief systems and what we think is possible and what we don't think is possible and what we think we should do or what we think we could do and the desires and all of that. And it's on this repeating loop. And so your decisions and your actions are usually based on that energetic loop. And that's what creates the future. So we think it's faded because a psychic can read it, but a psychic mm. can only read it because you're in the loop. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> I was actually, I had a discussion about that last night and that was sort of where I was going <laughs> idea wise. I was like, not sure if that's correct, but that's, yeah. you know, where we just sort it's of what do I things think now. in the subconscious and we don't think about it. And it's like, it takes real concentration to change something. Yeah. It's, and I think it's, everything is possible. Everything can be changed, but the work to change it is deep work. Yeah. Well, this time we lost confidence. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> your, your brother is... <laughs> Just playing around, I'm See, sure. Playing with the electricity. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, like the light thing, for example, the electricity. Because my mom, she was telling me about, I mean, this happened like a year ago, where he used to be like our IT guy. You know, so he didn't have to pay anybody. <laughs> he could just figure it out for us. Right. And um, we used him a lot for that. And she was trying to get the Wi-Fi to work and it wasn't working and she got really frustrated and she was like, Solomon, I just, I need your help. And she said the Wi-Fi started working like in that moment. Oh, I she love was like, that. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Still but be a Wi-Fi guy. She has moments. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Still be a free uh, computer technician for, for us. Anytime. Yeah, I okay. was um yeah, I was going to ask you before we before we concluded if there was anything that you had to look up after the reading or anything that you got confirmation on afterwards. The last person you mentioned like a man coming in um and we're thinking it's actually possibly our uncle because you mentioned um parakeets and that's what he owned, that's what he had as pets his entire life. Um he actually also had schizophrenia. But he died of throat cancer mm -hmm. um, quite recently, like four or five years ago. I don't have a memory of him. I never met him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. most of it was spot on, especially with, like, who he was and just the little details. Yeah. I mean, even the the nails, you were like, I can see he, like, bites his nails a lot. And I was like, maybe... And then I remember my mom after the reading was like, uh, yeah, he had like these short little stubby nails because he couldn't stop biting them with his like stubby fingers. <laughs> like, It's a funny thing so. how they bring the through those things. People sometimes ask me like, why would they choose to speak about the nail biting? And it's not <laughs> that they're choosing to speak about it. It's that it's like it's like when you meet somebody and you just notice things about them um, because I used to bite my, my nails. Uh, like horribly that feeling when I come into somebody's energy that bit their nails I recognize it like instantly I'm like oh fellow nail biter <laughs> <laughs> so so that's one of the things that I noticed because for me it was like a big deal in my life you know right so um but when I I shared with my husband the reading we were talking about how you know I was um we were trying to have a child and I really needed to be more grounded first and just needed to like settle on a energetic level. And my first thought was, Oh, flight is on it. I'm traveling all the time. But my husband was like, well, I'm from Spain, <laughs> and, which he is. He moved to the U S 
only like pretty recently. And um, there's always in the back of our minds, like, are we going to move back there? And <sighs> that's where we would ideally love to raise a child would be back in Spain. I used to live with him there. And that's, you know, for him, having moved so late in life, his family and friends are still there too. So we're very much in between kind of two different worlds as well yeah. in that sense. And he was like, yeah, I don't know why you didn't think about that during the reading. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was a little <laughs> emotional. Um, but he's like, yeah, that's for, for him. You know, talking to other people about the reading too, they're like, oh, well, clearly we're in between these two worlds. Like, of course, you don't feel grounded in that sense. And we're trying to figure out if we can make that a possibility and just. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. And hope to see you again at some point, maybe in Spain. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to Moving Beyond, the podcast. We would like to thank everyone who has shared their loved ones, their stories, and their heartbreak with us, making this podcast possible. If you haven't yet left us a rating or a review, we would greatly appreciate it as it helps others find the show. Moving Beyond is an independent podcast produced by Fleur Lesink and Elizabeth Mihalich with additional support from the team at 2020 Intuition, including Lotta, Teresa, Min, and Jill. Original music composed and produced by Lucas Tuttle. To learn more about Medium Fleur and her book, Moving Beyond, that teaches you how to access your intuition, psychic ability, and spirit connection, please visit www.mediumfleur.com. The link is in the show notes. If you'd like to be on a future episode of Moving Beyond, please send Elizabeth a short email detailing the loss that you've experienced and how grief affects your daily life to podcasts at mediumfleur.com. P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at mediumfleur.com. If you'd like to know more about the guest and the loved ones who appeared in this episode of Moving Beyond, or how we create the podcast Moving Beyond, please visit our community at patreon.com. Simply search for Medium Fleur, M-E-D-I-U-M-F-L-E-U-R. We'll see you there.